Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, coast-centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys for coming back to the show. Uh, back on YouTube for the first time in a while. Sorry, had a lot to uh, kind of get together over here uh, in my uh, in my office, so to speak. So uh, getting all that uh, squared away now, and we are good. Colts come out on top in Oakland, 42-28. Big win for the Colts. Go into the bye week, 3-5 and five now. Uh, heavy AFC South schedule in the second half of their season. This is setting up for a solid run for the Colts. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to go through a bunch of takeaways of mine from the game and uh, also wanted to make sure we plug this as well. Uh, TickPick has a new promo code for us right now. We're going to get to that in the middle of the show, uh, probably here in about 10 minutes or so. So make sure you guys are standing by for that. It's another great offer. The first offer, the first promo code uh, got abused. For some reason, there was something uh, messed up with the promo code itself, and it had just like allowed people to use it like 20 or 30 times or something. So, I mean, glad you guys used it, <laughs> but uh, apparently it was not uh, it was not designed for what it was able to do. So. Uh, anyways, another, like I said, another big game, game on the road that the Colts come out on top. Two weeks in a row where Marlon Mack has over 100 yards rushing. We'll get into all that. Let, let's just kind of, let's kick this bad boy off. Um, so here, here's some takeaways. These are kind of spotty. These are kind of just random takeaways, but we'll discuss as we go. So uh, the Colts in the second half, I put this on Twitter and I just thought it was really impressive uh, how impressive that the, the offense was in the second half. They had 28 plays, okay? Their last two plays were kneel downs. I did not count those. In 28 plays uh, in the second half, the Colts only faced a third down opportunity four times. That means they got first downs on first and second down a lot, right? I mean, they were driving the ball down. Andrew Luck was phenomenal. It was great to see four, four third down opportunities, and that's it. Uh, excluding that final kneel was on third down as well. Like I said, I did not count those. And they scored on two of those four third down opportunities. That's pretty stinking good, right? Um, I wish I would have looked to see what they did on the other two. I'm pretty sure that they actually, uh, one of them I think might have been a field goal. Uh, no, it wasn't a field goal. I don't know what it was. Anyways, uh, two touchdowns on their four third down attempts, and they had 28 plays. So 24 of those plays were either first or second downs, and on those plays, they ended up getting first down. So uh, one of them, actually, I take that back, was a third three and out because that's, I think, what they started uh, the second uh, the half with on one of those uh, uh, possessions. But 
just fantastic from the Colts offense. I mean, they were, you know, uh, Jack Doyle was heavily involved in the second half, especially on that one drive. I think he caught like three or four balls on that one. I mean, it was a lot of a lot of fun to watch, honestly. It, it seemed like Andrew Luck had like 350 passing yards. He didn't quite have that. And it was it was it was not like Buffalo where you saw he wasn't throwing the ball, but the the attempts weren't really all that different. Like four or five attempts difference is about all that there was. And the Colts have a phenomenal running game now. They're under 30 attempts the last two games because of this running game. This is happening and this is good for the Colts. I cannot remember the last time we talked about the Colts having a solid run game. Uh, we saw a 49-yard run from Marlon Mack. When, tell me the last time we saw that. It had to have been Donald Brown. Am I wrong? I mean, I'm pretty sure that Donald Brown had the longest run of the Colts since since he's been around, and he didn't have a ton of them. But uh, the Colts did a really nice job offensively, both on the ground and through the air. Um, let's get into this. The defense a little bit was, was shaky. I mean, they allowed Carr to eat him up. The defense was just, I mean, it, they just had a lot of open zones. The the running game started to kind of fall apart as far as the defensively in the second half. The Colts only allowed 29 rushing yards in the first half. They allowed 74 in the second. So they, they, they allowed the Raiders to get their momentum going on both the ground and through the air as well. Uh, Derek Carr, only four incompletions until the final drive of the game. I mean, he was killing it. He had 244 passing yards and three touchdowns. The Colts only got one quarterback hit, no sacks, and one pass defense all freaking day. That is impossible to understand. I mean, it just, look, it was back and forth. The Colts are lucky they didn't turn the ball over, right? Because the Colts were not stopping the Raiders. The Colts took the lead early, got up, what, 14-something, and then, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, 10 nothing, and then the Raiders came back and took the lead 14-13 or 14-10. The Colts got back with 14-13, but then after that, the Colts scored a two-point or a touchdown, got a two-point conversion, tied it up at 21, and then it was nip and tuck the whole way through after that, 21 or 28-21, 28-28, and then the Colts finally, finally stopped the uh, Raiders on third down and got off the field. That was the turning point in the game. Colts go down and score a touchdown. Next possession, the Colts force a fumble, another touchdown. That's literally the difference in the game. That is almost like the Raiders played like the Colts do in a lot of times. They stay close, they look good, and then in the last few minutes they fall apart and it's a two-score game and it looks like a blowout. But the Colts did. The Colts were on the other end of this this time, so a lot, lot of fun to watch with that. Like I said, Colts only allowed 103 rushing yards all day. 74 of those came in the second half. Luck was 22 of 31 for 239 yards and three touchdowns. He was excellent all day. Excellent. Um, all three tight ends had touchdowns today, and they were all like amazing touchdowns at that. Mo Ali Cox had that one-handed grab in the end zone. That was phenomenal. Doyle got some yards after the catch and stretched for the pylon. That was great. Uh, Ebron, he won on that 50-50 ball in the front corner of the end zone for a touchdown. So the three, the three touchdowns that the tight ends got today were fantastic, you know, great in, in nature. So it was fun to watch. Uh, it was a big day for Doyle. Six catches, 70 yards. Uh, after being used really sparingly until the fourth quarter and one drive in particular, like I said. So it was nice to see him get back. I was a little curious, and especially in the first half, I wasn't I, – I, I thought that that might be what we'd see, in other words. I thought that we might not see a lot from Doyle. I thought Doyle might be just kind of hit and miss, a few plays in, get a couple catches, and be done. Hilton 
was the guy who was like invisible. I mean, he had five targets, which kind of blows my mind in the first place. I don't remember the five targets. I remember a few of them. Um, but then he had that 134-yard catch down the middle. It was a great catch, a really nice throw from Luck. I thought it was actually going to get picked off because of the two safeties converging on the ball, but it wasn't. And that was it from from Ty. So little little strange. What last week? I don't think he caught a ball either. I mean, my brain's kind of a mess right now thinking about everything all at once. But I, I think that that was his only catch in the past two weeks. Um, Dontrell Inman, very interesting, right? He gets in. Um, what last week? That's his first game. Comes in is helpful. Not not a big part of the game, but today. You see Andrew Luck. I mean, it's a big help for this receiving core, I think. You don't see them relying on Chester Rogers right now. You see Pascal in there, but you don't, I mean, they're not relying on him. Inman had a total of six grabs today, too. He and Doyle led the team with six catches. He had 52 yards. In three of those, he had four targets on third down. He converted on three of those. Three of his catches, three of his six catches were actual third down conversions. That's that should tell you kind of where Andrew Luck's head at. And we got to give credit to, to, to Frank Reich here. Frank Reich has a past with Inman uh, from their days in San Diego. He brought him in, knew he was a reliable guy. Andrew Luck seems to think he's pretty reliable too. Made that fantastic catch. Remember that in the first quarter, that catch coming across the middle. I mean, that was absolutely phenomenal. And almost made a touchdown grab kind of of the same nature. So Dontrell Inman is proving to be not an elite player by any means not like the uh the target for the Colts obviously I mean we saw how much the tight ends were used today but he is proving to be a very reliable third down target for Andrew Luck and you as much as you get that from your running backs and from your tight ends especially Doyle at least in the past it's nice to see a receiver actually stepping up and becoming a third down reliable or reliable guy on third down and it's big help I thought that was interesting uh as far as where he went Marlon Mack, 132 rushing yards, had that big 49-yard burst. That was nice. We have not seen a big play like that, like I said, and I'm pretty sure that it was uh, Donald Brown the last time we saw something that long. Um, Had two touchdowns. He had 25 carries today. By far the most of his career. In 2017, his top number was 11 carries. This year it was 19 last week, and then today 25. So you see, I mean, they are willing to use him just as much as they're willing to throw Andrew Luck 50 times to win, they're willing to use Marlon Mack. And, they, man, they rotated the running backs. Jordan Wilkins only had two carries. But Naheem Hines had a hell of a game too, right? I think he had, what, 74, 78 rushing yards. He was up there, over seven yards a carry. I mean, he looked good. And he was running between the tackles. Very, very happy to see that. I, w- I mean, he has been a weapon. He's been the slot receiver. He's been a guy that can help out of the backfield a little bit uh, in the in the passing game. Well, we hadn't really seen him turn it on in in terms of running the ball, and especially not running the ball between the tackles. Very impressed of him today. I thought that was awesome. And we're also seeing that this Colts offensive line can both pass protect and run the ball. Did Andrew Luck get sacked today? What was that three weeks in a row? I mean, that's impressive, you know. Uh, really nice to see this running game. I can't talk about it enough because it's just impressive. You don't ever want the Colts to rely solely on the running game or have to. You don't want the Colts to ever have to rely solely on the passing game. You mesh the two, 
You've got a nice little piece going there where you can rotate it between receivers, running backs, and tight ends in the passing game. You can get a couple different guys finding holes and some space to move in the running game. Man, that makes this offense so much better. And Andrew Luck does not feel the pressure that way. Excellent stuff. You have to love this. Uh, Let's see. Leonard. Again, led the team in tackles tonight. Nine total tackles. Had a huge force fumble. Literally just swung and clubbed that ball away. On a day in which linebackers really struggled to tackle. In fact, Desir actually led the team in solo stops with five. That should tell you that, that, I mean, they were struggling to tackle. We were seeing the safety group get burnt in the passing game. We were seeing them not wrap up and finish. Uh, we, we saw, I think we saw, I don't think we saw a lot of missed tackles from the linebackers. I think what we saw is a lot of the offensive linemen from the Raiders getting to the second level and kind of walling off our linebackers for the most part, because they, I mean, they ran the ball a lot for them and we just didn't see a lot of, of real quality tackling. I don't think from the linebackers and we didn't really see a ton of opportunity for them to, in that regard, because they were being knocked off. Sheard, he uh, he kind of got handled all day today, and and if I'm not mistaken, it was by a rookie. So, you know, I mean, their offensive line really protected Carr really well, and our guys just could not get through. It was crazy. I mean, it, it, at one time, I remember watching Sheard three straight snaps, and he was just getting locked up. Marcus Hunt was getting locked up. Uh, Al Woods was getting blown off the ball. I mean, this is not what we are typical of Danico Autry got, he overran how many, I don't know how many times he overran the running game, but he was pushed out of bounds at least two or three times because he was just running aimlessly. Uh, that's not like him. He's always around the ball. He's always in there looking like he is going to be close to getting a tackle. He was not today. He was like just haphazardly running almost. It seemed so we need this defensive line to get a spark. Maybe that's Taekwon Lewis. In week 10. Maybe. Colts have a bye week now. Can get healthy. Hopefully can get Tyquan Lewis in there. Man, that would be a monster, monster help. If he comes in and actually produces like the Colts see him producing, he could be huge. I mean, Grover Stewart hasn't really done a whole lot lately. Hassan Ridgeway was inactive. All kinds of stuff. So we got this defensive line that really needs a nice spark and a big burst. And, you know, hopefully Taekwon Lewis can be the guy to get it. Uh, we talked about the new TickPick promo code, guys. Let's check this out real quick. Let me tell you about TickPick. Honestly, we have got a great deal for you guys. Let me tell you about TickPick, this amazing app to buy tickets to any game, concert, or other event. If you're looking for tickets to this week's game and want to know exactly what you're going to pay for those tickets, you got to check out TickPick. I do. And if you do too, then TickPick and their amazing and simple app is right up your alley. The TickPick app is extremely easy to use. And best of all, there are absolutely no surprises at checkout. Zero. Listen, you find the game, find the seats you want, and you're all set. Think StubHub without any fees. Literally zero, guys. I'm not kidding. That is why I'm doing this is because of how much I love the app and buying tickets on there. You get the same tickets, same seller, but absolutely zero fees. You save 10 to 15% on every ticket order and get this. For our listeners, you, they're offering an amazing offer of $15 off any single order over $99 through 11-30-18, November 30th, 2018. 
All you have to do is enter Stampede15 as your gift code at checkout. This isn't a sign-up only offer either. They went on for you guys. So even if you are already a member of TickPick and, you're, and you've got the app and all that and you've used tickets in them before, you're still good for this. All you got to do is do it. You can just do it one time, but you're good. Not only do I use TickPick, but I approached them and wanted to get the word out about this company because it was so stinking easy and nobody likes to find the seats they want, then get that smack in the face at checkout of another $35 to $50 in fees being added. It's exactly why I quit using the other ones. I'll never use another ticket app again. It's a very user-friendly app and you get the same great tickets with lightning quick ticket transfers. Remember, that's TickPick, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. And use the gift code STAMPEDE15 to save yourself $15 on any order over $99. Go to TickPick and take advantage of this great offer today. 100% verified Colts tickets without any fees. Please check them out. You guys don't know what you're missing if you're using something else. Um, so let's get back to it. Uh, let's talk about some some of the things that we saw the Colts do today. The Colts were 9-13 on third down. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome, right? Even, I mean, a couple of those Inman catches even were of 10 or 11 yards on third down. Excellent. I mean, they were fantastic. They were dialing up the right plays. They were executing them. Luck was protected. You don't really, you can't really ask for that much more of that. The Colts were three of five in the red zone. I think the first half they weren't great. I think they scored, what, once or twice and uh, in the in the red zone or once on their, once of, one of three or something like that. Anyways, they were three of five for the game. That's pretty good. 60% red zone efficiency. You want it maybe a little higher than that if you can. Four out of five would have been great, obviously, 80%. But uh, three of five, man, you take that when you're on the road, right? In, in-house, you want maybe four or five or four of five. Uh, they also had 10 penalties. Now, this is something that it, it was just getting ridiculous. Penalty after penalty after penalty. But listen here. So the penalties do suck, and they do cost yardage, and they do set you back. But none gave the Raiders a first down. The first, the Raiders did not gain a first down off of any of the Colts' uh, penalties. That seems like a big deal. Conversely, conversely, the Colts earned four first downs from the Raiders' penalties. They both had 10 on the day. Almost the exact same yardage, like a yard or two off. The Colts benefited from the Raiders' penalties, whereas the Raiders did not benefit from the, from the Colts' penalties. And, and Andrew Luck, honestly was kind of the savior and all that. He was really the guy who who stepped up and, and made those penalties. I mean, they, they had guys catching the ball, going downfield, making yards after the catch. Really, th- those penalties, as much as they kind of sucked and kind of made you annoyed that they were doing anything, one of them was on that Pierre Desir, uh, line where he lined up offsides. That, that's another thing. That aggravated me because I'm watching the games, even the early game, the game in London with uh, the Eagles and the Jaguars. Then I'm watching... Uh, the Seahawks uh, play, and in both of those games, I think I counted at least five or six offsides that were not called. It's becoming like a uh, um, like a uh, a judgment call for referees and, and umpire inside the line judges and all. It's it's re- it's ridiculous. If they're gonna call it, then call it. But there are so many times they just look at it; they don't care. I don't I don't understand what the deal is, and and they're obvious. I mean, there's defensive guys lined up with their hand literally on the other side of the ball. There's offensive guys lined up. Receivers. I saw at least two receivers today lined up a half a yard past the ball. If they're going to call it, they've got to call it all the time. Why is it a judgment call, and why aren't these guys seeing it down the line of scrimmage when it's so blatantly obvious on TV? It's easier to see. That is one thing 
that is easier to see when you're on the field, especially when you are marking the line of scrimmage. There's no excuse for that. That's something that the league, honestly, and it seems petty, but the league has to get over this where it's just like, don't call it if you don't want. It's simple. It's stupid. But you either have a line of scrimmage that can't be crossed before the ball is snapped, or you do, or you don't, I mean. Which is it? Let's figure it out because it's kind of annoying that they're doing it, especially when they're doing it like in a ha- on the half-yard line. What the hell's the point? What is the point in that? Not only that, but DeSir wasn't even lined up like in the box. He was lined up on the line of scrimmage, but he was down a little bit off the tight end. So I don't really – I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. If that's, if that's the judgment – then why do it to a guy who's not lined up in the box? I don't understand. Anyways, uh, the Colts didn't have any turnovers today. Obviously, that was a major plus. Uh, the penalties, and you add those two together, like I said, most of which, the penalties anyways, were overcame because of Luck's brilliance. Um, they didn't They didn't extend any Raiders drives. Uh, it seems as though they didn't really shoot themselves in the foot at all that much between the two. No turnovers, 10 penalties, but none none really benefited the Raiders in any way. Uh, they outscored the Raiders 21 nothing in the fourth quarter, and that's a very, very nice change, folks, from what we've seen in the past couple years. I mean, last year, the Colts were absolutely dog-butt-crappy with uh, fourth-quarter scoring. It was awful. I mean, I, I think they scored three touchdowns the entire year on, and, uh, in the fourth quarter. The Colts scored three today. I mean, that's that's a big difference. That's the luck factor, right? Um. It's just, you just want that. That's what you need. That's It's absolutely pertinent that the team can do that. Mac kicks it outside when he had uh, a few times when he had some open uh, lanes inside to start the game, but you didn't really notice it too much because he was still getting some positive yardage, but the Raiders early were kind of locking down those, those edges, and that was kind of one of the things that I saw uh, as well. But I'll be honest, overall, I thought that the Colts played a fantastic game. I thought that, I mean, they did not play good on defense. There's no two ways about it. But, again, they come up with a play. They come up with a third down stop when they absolutely have to have one. Both of those, those two back-to-back possessions, ended up being the cha- the difference in the game. If you're going to allow a team to go up and down the field on you, but you can make a play and you can make a stop when you have to, that is is still the hallmark of a team with great coaching and and great leadership. Am I right? I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm just blowing smoke here. But to me, it seems like the Colts really have the right idea with what they're doing, uh, both in the coaching and where they come where they come in with their leadership on the team. I think that these guys have excellent uh, excellent veterans on the team. They ended up, it was weird too, but they did this against like, I think that, that it's a pass rush that really got to me, the lack of pass rush. And they didn't have Kalechia Osemele. Um, they, like I said, one of them, I think Brandon Parker started at right tackle. That guy was like, I don't even know if he was drafted. I mean, he might've been fourth round. I honestly don't remember, but I'm pretty sure that's the name I heard. And he's a rookie from like North Carolina, A&T, and Jabal Sheard just got manhandled by him all day. So maybe I'm maybe I'm completely wrong. That was an, that was the name that I heard, and uh, it, it struck. It, it made me. It rem- I remembered it because I watched him on film for uh, during the off season. So, I mean, if we're gonna look at guys who continue to play right, we're looking at Darius Leonard. 
I mean, we're looking at Andrew Luck. We're looking at that offensive line. We're looking at Mac. We're looking at Naheem Hines really stepping up today and getting those 70-some yards. You know, uh, th- those were absolutely crucial. I mean, he was in between the tackles. A lot of it was inside the two-minute warning in the second quarter, but that was important. The Colts put points up. I mean, it wasn't a touchdown, but they did get a field goal before the half. So, I mean, what are we going to do? We we need – the defensive line needs a spark. Bad. I think that they're going to get it. I think that Tyquan Lewis is that guy. I hope that he is. He looked, I, lo- I loved him inside watching his film this past year. If you look far back enough on our YouTube channel, you can find it. I did a, a quick, uh, I think about a five to eight minute thing on him where I hoped that the Colts would get him, where he was, not, he was known as an edge rusher, or at least through, uh, through the draft process. But all of his explosion and all of his, uh, anything that he did, as far as disrupting running backs or getting in and really uh, sacking the quarterback or pressuring the quarterback came when he would kick inside. He has an elite first step. He has not really shown us much in anything other than in uh, training camp. It would be nice to get him back. And apparently he has been working his butt off in the, uh, during the season to get back. And people said that he's working out each week, like week five, week six, as if he's playing that week. So you know he's in a good place. When he's able to come back in week 10, he's going to be back. He's going to be back. And the Colts will have a lot more versatility up front, and they're going to need it. Hopefully he stays healthy. Hopefully he gives the Colts that spark. And hopefully that the Colts can really make this run, you know, memorable as you as you move into the second half of the season after the bye. So other than that, guys, I mean, we, we, saw, you, you, we all saw the same thing. Nip and tuck game after a certain point. Colts end up making a big change and turn the game around there at the end. Uh, Derek Carr loosened them up. They ended up making a couple stops, and that really was kind of the not only the turning point, but the the thesis of the game. I mean, the Colts have a possibility to have an elite offense, even though they don't have any playmakers, it seems like. I mean, look, Hilton hasn't done much. They've got a great tight end room still, and they've still – I mean, they even lost Johnson at the beginning or uh yeah daryl johnson at the uh beginning of the game or the beginning of the season excuse me um uh travis ross he was gone they still got it i mean how about that catch today from uh mo alley cox that was phenomenal i didn't even think he caught it because it never left his glove once his hand touched it and he never even tried to go back up and get it with a second hand i mean so the colts have a very good tight end room the Colts have an excellent offensive line right now. They've got Andrew Luck playing at a level that he has. I mean, he, we saw it in 2016, and he's there. He's fully healthy. He's set. They've got a running game now. What do, why do, I mean, like I said, Inman, third down efficiency as a, at the wide receiver position. You've got T.Y. Hilton, who's going to have two weeks now to get healthy. I mean, this offense could be elite. It could be even though they don't have that uh, that really that second or third playmaker uh especially on uh in the wide receiver core right now it doesn't really matter i mean they're putting up a ton of points a game they are just roasting teams right now on both the, and through both the air and the ground it's the defense that has to find that 2006 Colts defense where 
they make plays at the end of the ends of games. They have games where they shut the run down. They have games where they force two and three and four tor- turnovers. Those have to come. They're going to get beat defensively a lot because of the 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 defensive scheme is structured structured that way. That there's too many holes in there. You get a night a good quarterback and you're going to struggle. But you've got to find other ways to either get the ball back or stop one aspect of their offense. And right now, the defense, one thing they've done every single game, every single game this year, they forced a turnover. They have to keep doing that, especially when you're only getting one hit on the quarterback, no sacks, and your secondary is not knocking the ball down. All important aspects of the game, all very important, especially for the Colts, the way that their team is aligned on either side of the ball. Special teams has been okay. Obviously, Vinny did awesome today. I mean, I I, didn't even, I guess I didn't even mention that, and I probably should have. Vinny took the uh, all-time NFL points leading score or uh, record. That is amazing in, in within itself. And outside of last week, you know, Vinatieri has been pretty fantastic again this year. So, I mean, when you look at all three aspects of the Colts, Right now, their offense is borderline elite. I, I think that. I mean, and, eh, maybe I, may, I might be, you know, pumping them up a little bit. But they're, I'll, I'll put it this way they're borderline great, okay, right now with all aspects involved. They've got a top 10 offensive line. They've got a top five quarterback. Right now, they're rushing the ball as good or better than anybody. I mean, you, you've got to love all three of those. And then their defense right now, that's kind of their weakness. But at the same time, that's the side of the ball that's kind of turning the games. You're nip and tuck, nip and tuck, and then you get a turnover or you get a stop, a big stop on third down, and you give the ball back to Andrew Luck, and he takes over. This is a very fun team to watch. Three and five. This team could easily have a mirrored record. Could be five and three. Easily, easily could be five and three this year. It's a shame they're not because if they were, Everybody be like, okay, who's coming out of the AFC South? Well, look, let me tell you something. I do not believe in the Texans, and this isn't because I'm a Colts fan. This is because I don't think the Texans are anywhere near as good as their record at 5-3. and three. I think the Colts are a better team at 3-5 and five than they are at 5-3, and three, period. The Colts had no business losing that game that they had against the Texans in, in Indy. They gave them, they spotted them 14 points for crying out loud, and they went into overtime. That right there tells you exactly what everything except those two fumbles uh, caused the Colts. It cost them the game. Absolutely. Nothing at the end of the game, whether you go for it on fourth down or any of that other crap, matters. None of that matters. Because they spotted them 14 points to start the game. You look at the Jaguars. They're a dumpster fire. Look at the Titans. They're a dumpster fire. The Colts very well could come out of the AFC South this year. I don't think they're going to have a good enough record to uh, – they, and they might to really battle for the wild card. I just don't think that that's their, their route. That's I don't think that's their path to get there. So the Colts have a chance. They're two games out heavy AFC South. I mean, look, you want to put your mark on this season, go kick the crap out of your own division. You've got games against Dallas. You got games against the giants and you got, where's the other game? I can't remember the other game. It doesn't really matter. The point is, they don't have a team on the schedule right now that you can look at. And Chris Wessling said this, I believe, uh, the other day on Twitter. They don't, and it's true because they do not have a team on their schedule right now that you look at and go, "No, that's a loss." Oh, the Dolphins—that's their other team they play. None of those teams. There isn't a single team on the rest of their schedule that you can look at and say, "There's no way the Colts win that game." The Colts should be in every single game, and I think that they should win most of them. I think that they've got—they've got the best offense of any of those teams. 
bar none. And they don't have crap in the wide receiver. This is That's what makes this weird. This is not the Colts offense we're used to talking about. This is, this is not normal, right? We, we know that we've got uh, an Andrew Luck that can carry the team, but, man, we're not. We, when's the last time we talked about a top-10 offensive line with the Colts? When's the last time we talked about back-to-back 100-yard games? 250 rushing yards for Marlon Mack the past two weeks. When's the last time that we, like, really talked about a dominant tight end room? Okay, it's always been either Jack Doyle or Dwayne Allen or both of them together and one of them's, you know, outdoing the other. But, I mean, basically the first year when we had Kobe Fleener and uh, and uh, Jack – or not Jack, but uh, uh, Dwayne Allen was the year that we thought we really had a real tandem there. I would take – even Swoop, he didn't even play today. I would take Swoop over Dwayne Allen and Kobe Fleener right now. Without a question. So the Colts have a lot going for them, guys. Um, I'm going to pump this and, and, and until they prove me wrong. They could lose several of those games. We've seen the ups and downs from this team, but they've also got plenty in the tank to win out, if not most of the games. So thank you guys for coming back. Like I said, it's our first time back on YouTube in a while. Uh, thank you guys for watching. If you're watching, make sure you guys take, uh, take advantage of that tick pick promo, 15 bucks off $99 or more. Make sure you guys do that. It's a great company, great offer. You guys will appreciate what you get for there. I mean, you look on there and literally you're there's my ticket price. When you go to checkout, unless you're getting it shipped to you from FedEx or somewhere else that costs money, that's what your ticket price is. Plain and simple. You'll love it. I did. That's why I go through them. That's why you guys will enjoy it too. Stampede 15 at checkout. Thank you guys all for watching. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts cast. Stampede Blue. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder 
business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.